Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus our Lord. It does not matter what's happening in the world. We are to keep our focus on Him. Bible tells us that we need to keep our hearts and minds stayed on the Lord if we want to maintain peace and to have peace, God's peace. And one of the best ways, two of the best ways to do that is to pray without ceasing and read and meditate on the Word of God. I don't care how much money you have, I don't care uh, what kind of house you live in or what kind of retirement plan you have, you need to put your trust in the Lord and keep your trust in the Lord and keep your mind stayed on Him or you will lose your way in this wicked devil-filled, sin-cursed world. So ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And if you are doing something for God, you're doing God's will, you will have some foes in the family regardless of what the sweet evangelicals tell you and the sweet charismatics who tell you the lie that everything is supposed to be wonderful and dandy in your life all of the time. Now, everything ought to be wonderful and dandy in your spirit and in your heart and in your mind if you keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord and you pray without ceasing and you are obedient to the Lord. You ought to have some heaven on the inside of you, but you're going to have hell on the outside of you, coming from every which way. Family, friends, foes, red, yellow, black, and white. You're going to have tribulation in this world. Jesus Christ himself told you that. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What does that mean? Keep your focus and your mind on the Lord, not on people, not on family members, not on church folk, not on hellions. Avoid hellions, by the way. You people better be careful. I'm going shopping. You may come back dead. You don't need to listen to me. You don't need to be doing all of that today. I know you love it and you like it. But uh, that's why you caught the coronavirus and you almost died. As one preacher said, when, when the coronavirus shut all this down up in here, you're in trouble. You are in serious, serious trouble. Okay, so you need to stay home and let Amazon bring you something.
and to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic, service, family members. My beloved, this is Daniel White the third <clears throat> president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 596 if you will where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today, my beloved, we are reading Proverbs chapter 12, verses 21 through 28. Shall we pray together? In the words of Mrs. Ruby Gooding, the grandmother of my daughter Danielle, this is a praying time. If there ever was a time to pray, that time is now. Seriously. And by the way, contrary to what you may think, <laughs> I got news for you. Prayer is the best thing you can do. Uh -uh. Nothing else. We don't have a police problem. We have a prayer problem with God's people not praying because in the words of Leonard Ravenhill, they are playing and straying. My, my, my. Mm -mm. So don't listen to me pray. Don't watch me pray. You pray. And then you pray throughout the day. Your main occupation is to pray and to witness for the Lord. That's what you ought to be doing. Every preacher, and let me tell you preachers something, because we have probably just as many preachers listening as we have people, other people. Let me tell you something. Your job, as God defines it, is to give yourself to prayer into the ministry of the word. In fact, you have to get up right now and have a devotional for your church. Live. You don't need to be listening to me. You have been encouraged enough and fired up enough by God using me. You need to get up and have your own. You say, preacher, do, you want competition? There's no competition. You need to email, have your wife or your if your children are still living with you, because you, you, you and your wife probably don't know how to do it, email the people of the church. 
and let them know you're having a devotional. You don't have to have a devotion as long as I do. It can be 10, 15 minutes. And I would venture to say in this day and time, you are wrong not to have a devotional service live from your house or from your church office or from the pulpit or wherever, preacher. Don't be listening to me. Laughing and carrying on with me. You need to get up out of your chair, get from behind your desk, listening to me, and go have a devotional yourself. You can have it right there at your desk. Have your people to set you up. If you're not doing it already. Thank God for the few who are. You need to have. In, in this day and time. Sure. You know I'm right about it. You want to stay connected to, to, your, to God and to your people. Have a devotional service. Every day. And tell the folks. Pastor will be here at such and such a time. And have your devotional service. Once you have your devotional service, you want to come over here and hear me, that's fine. But you need to be doing something. You need to give yourself, Pastor, God bless your heart, to prayer and to the ministry of the word, not to listening to other preachers. Uh-uh. You don't need to follow anybody but God. No God-called preacher needs to follow anybody but God. If you want to follow your pastor, that's fine. If he led you to the Lord, that's fine. Nobody else. You, you, they need to follow you. If anybody going to follow anybody, let them follow you. You follow nobody but God, Jesus. God will appreciate it and your people will appreciate it. You say, I don't think no more than about three or five will come. So? Why, why are you concerned about that? You need to be in place. One. You. It don't matter to me who comes. When I, I get up and do the, this devotion, and I, when I preach tonight, I don't, it don't matter to me. We thank God for a, a good showing uh, every day. Uh, but as but long as I'm here, I, I have to be here. See? <laughs> Under God. Because he wants me to give myself to prayer. And to the ministry of the word. And to inspire others and encourage others to give themselves to prayer. And to the ministry of the word. And really every Christian. Ought to see that as a mandate. Not not just the pastor. Not just the preacher. So let's pray. And you don't have to pray like me. You don't have to pray as long as me, but you do need to pray. Seriously, people. I'm here to tell you, I, I know it sounds cute, the cute little song. A little talk with Jesus will make things all right. He may not change the circumstances, but he'll change you. And he'll change your mentality. Have you found out that a little exercise is beneficial? How it changes your uh, mentality? It changes you. It, 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 it does something. Some people call them endorphins or whatever, 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 whatever. I don't know. 
Uh, you become these words that don't mean anything to me. You, you just feel better. Well, a little talk, a little prayer will make you feel better even though your circumstances may not change. How about that? And God may give you a solution. God may work a miracle. You know the verse that turned me on to prayer? When I was a young Christian, that God used to turn me on to prayer? Men ought always to pray and not to faint. But the verse, the real, the verse, the, the first verse was, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The theologians tell me that's a continual action. You keep on asking, you keep on seeking, you keep on knocking. While you're ripping and running, trying to find somebody and find a woman, find a man, and trying to get somebody to help you, the best place for you to go is to your prayer closet. You're trying to do this and that and ripping and running and you're fretting and you're worried and you, and you won't talk to God because you know your heart is not right and you don't want to get it right. That's one of the reasons why you people don't pray. You don't want to pray. Because you know God's going to bring up things. Prayer is very uncomfortable. You can pray if you want to and be mad at your husband, mad at your wife and y'all doing the silent treatment. Watch this. You people who are married... Dr. Tony Evans told y'all to stop doing this after his wife died at his worst, lowest moment in life. He told you people out here doing the silent treatment, don't be doing that. Do you hear me? <laughs> That's what he told. That's what he said. No, 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 you people, mad folk out here not talking to each other, not speaking. Don't, he said, don't do that. Because the one day they're going to be gone, you can't talk to them. But here's the thing I want to say to you. Hear me well. And that is, you want to do the silent treatment with your husband, but you want to have this great, wonderful prayer life and talking to God. God's not going to let you do that. Look at me real good. God's not going to let you do that, baby. And it's mostly women who do the silent treatment. And some of you feminine men, y'all fall into it yourself. I, I don't care if you like it or not. It's just ridiculous. Mm. You see, preacher, has your wife tried that? Yes. You know what I do? I keep on talking and keep on telling her what to do. And we're going to communicate and we're going to have sex and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to keep on moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. Because I'm in charge here. And when I talk to you, you're going to answer me. And if you get to the point where you don't want to do that, it's time for you to go. You're not being a wife like you promised. Seriously, see? And see, but see, now when I say that, my wife believes me. You don't need to be here if you're not going to be the wife that you said you're going to be. And part of that is communication. Well, you say, well, preacher, in the American way, a woman does not have to respond to you, and she doesn't have to do this and that. That's right. But she, don't, she does not need to be here either. And I mean that. See, 
you don't you go and do that because you she can tell whether or not you mean it. I told you before, women do have intuition, but it's mostly into men. And they understand. They 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 they, they know how to. Uh, they have intuition into men. I believe the father has more intuition into the children, contrary to what the world says. And she can tell whether or not you mean it, and if you, you if you're the real deal, and if you're crazy enough to do stuff. Okay. They can tell. So don't you go do it if you don't mean. Don't do what I do if you don't mean it. Because I mean it. See. And so. Husband you keep on talking. If she wants to pull that. And God's not going to let her pull that. You can't. She can't talk to you. But she can talk to God all day. Talking about, don't disturb me. I'm praying. Uh -uh. No, 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 no. I will disturb you. And you're going to communicate with me. Because God's not going to hear your prayers anyway with that foolishness. You want to play the silent treatment with your husband and with your children. And then want to talk to God all day. And God's not hearing that. Because you are bucking his authority. That he has placed over you. So you need to cut that foolishness out. If you're married, act like you're married. Communicate. Doesn't matter. Say, well, I don't feel. No matter how you feel about it, just do it. See. And both of you need to pray together, and you need to lead the way, husbands. She should not be grabbing you, telling, "Let's come and pray. Let's go and pray." Uh, no, you lead her in prayer. You lead your children in prayer. And by the way. That's the bravest thing you will ever do in your life, sir. You're talking about men of courage. Men of courage is not submitting to your wife. And, and, and the man is always wrong and the wife is always right. That's not courage. You remember the movie Courageous? I want to be the, this, this kind of sweet, evangelical, charismatic husband who is... So sensitive that he moves down. Uh, he, he's so sensitive that he just does away with his manhood, and he's wrong, or he's always uh, bent over in pain and misery and guilt. He's always wrong, and the wife is always right. The wife wants him to do this and that, and he won't wash the dishes, and he won't uh, clean up the house, and he won't change the babies. He's not a man of. He's not. He's not courageous. No. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The most courageous thing you'll ever do in your life, sir, even if you are a warrior, police officer, first responder, is pray to God with your wife and children. I guarantee that. Because <clears throat> you're dealing with some real warfare. The really real as they taught us in college. Huh? I don't care if you like it or not. I'm telling you the truth. See you. See some of you. Some of you guys would rather go out here and fight a war, and you're courageous to uh, be a hero. But you won't pray to God. You don't have enough courage to pray to God. I double dog dare you to try it. 
I double dog dare you to try it. And, and, and see how, we're going to really see how courageous and brave and, and strong you are. And another thing, in addition to that, in, in connection to that, sure, a courageous man, a brave man, you want to, I want to see, you, you want to be brave, you want to be courageous, lead a woman about, lead a wife, hmm? like a man should. We because we have some big old strong men who will go out here and fight a war and and be first responders and they're courageous and that, but they're not courageous enough to lead their wife and lead their children. See, they become little kitty cats. Little pussy cats. When it comes down to that wife, because she rules the roost, buddy. And controls him, and she's got him right where she wants him. I double dog dare you to pray with your wife and children. You so brave. I double dog dare you to do it every day, every day. First thing, serious prayer. Not some prayer your grandmother taught you and lay me down to sleep and all that. Uh, serious prayer. Deal with the issues that God brings up in your prayer. See, see, if you're really praying, God takes over the prayer. God will lead you in the prayer. And the Holy Ghost will come alongside you and on inside of you and lead you in the prayer. See, you, you, see you're really connecting with God when you pray in, in, in so many ways and on so many levels. Okay? Yes, on a Saturday before you go to uh, Nebraska Furniture. Maybe God will stop you. You really don't need it. You don't need it. Whatever, whatever it is, you don't need it. You just want to go. You want to go and be about town and see what other folks are doing and show you behind and show this and show that and try to, you know, whatever. You just want to be out and about. For loose and fancy free. But have a little talk with Jesus and see if he wants you to go out there and buy something you don't need. To make you feel good for a moment. And then you'll be depressed in three months. Pray out. Pray before you go to the mall. And then come out of the mall, if you go just to go, to go, and you come out of the mall and you shout the victory that you didn't buy anything. And some of you men, go on to the, uh, plan on going to the golf course and going to the sporting event to waste time. Go ahead, you know, but pray first. And see if God will change your mind and say, you know what, you need to stay home. Your influence needs to be in the home. You really don't need to go out there risking your life and risking your family's life getting the coronavirus.
Proverbs chapter 12, verses 21 to 28. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word, and for all of the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us all. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for salvation, spiritual, family, and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. Thank you, Lord, for the journey you put me on over 42, 43 years ago. Lord, because of the journey that you put me on and all of the twists and turns and uh, how you brought me forward and brought me forth by your grace, by your might, everything worked out uh, for my good and for the good of the ministry and for uh, the good of my family and the good of thousands of other people. And Lord, the journey you put me on gives me the confidence that uh, you can put all of my children on a similar journey and they'll have their twists and turns. But uh, in the end, it'll turn out right for your glory, praise, and honor. <clears throat> so I have faith in you. that you would do the same in their lives as you did in mine and uh, you will bring them forth to do your will. My faith looks up to you and I praise you and I thank you Lord for what you have done in our lives and through our lives. And Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for those of us who are born again and who are saved by your grace we individually Lord confess our sins our failures and our faults unto you for Jesus Christ's sake please forgive us of all of our sins our faults and failures in word, thought, and deed, where we have grieved your Holy Spirit in any way, please forgive us. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will create within us a pure heart and a right spirit, crush and crucify our wicked, evil, and ungodly flesh, and help us to die to self afresh and anew today. For all of that, <clears throat> Lord, which most of us don't understand, the dying of the self is one of the most beautiful things on earth that you perform 
on your people. The crucifixion of your people as they follow Christ is one of the most liberating things that I know of and uh, I pray that you would help us to die to self afresh and anew today. On this Saturday, popping with, as was mentioned earlier, so many possibilities, so much excitement, <coughs> so much sunshine. Help us to keep it real with you and to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Keep us, Lord, therefore, in perfect peace. Crucify our flesh and the old man within us. Fill us afresh and anew today with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty. Lord of your Holy Spirit, put a God in our hearts, our minds, tongues, attitudes, and temperaments that we would not sin against you today. And Holy Father God, deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ and who are saved. Lord, deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And Holy Father God, help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, the religious and lost, Lord, in my family and in churches around the world. Uh, we pray for the irreligious and lost as well around the world. And Lord, I pray for uh, my wife, Marika White, that she would lay aside her pride and humble herself down and truly believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ, for her soul's salvation that will transform her from her lying self, her stealing self, her disrespectful self, uh, bad attitude self, uh, not loving and caring for her children, as she should have self, not respecting her husband as she should have and obeying him and submitting to him. Lord, uh, the sins are uh, multiple because she has never been saved. She has never been born again. And Lord, that is the case with thousands and as you've shown me, uh, no doubt millions in the church who are lost, as I was. I thank you for somehow sparing me and saving me, not only from hell, but out of religion that was causing me to go to hell. For there's still millions of people who think doing good works and going to church and going through the emotions of religion is what salvation is about. And it is not. And Lord, uh, I thank you for delivering me from that, saving me 
uh, from hell in spite of the church and, uh, and the religion that I was brought up in. For your glory, praise, and honor, because now you have, over the past 42 years, 43 years, you have uh, led me to help get others delivered from that by making the gospel clear that it has nothing to do with church membership or giving money to the church or being a minister or a preacher or a singer in the church. And I thank you for that. And Lord, I have behind the scenes, just as in the family for many years, over 30 years, behind the scenes, you led me to have family devotions with my family behind the scenes for over 30 plus years. And then you gave me the privilege to do it publicly as I'm doing today because so many people don't do it in the church. Even the older saints who know they should do it don't do, don't do it. But the younger people, many of them, they have never even heard of having devotions before. And so, Holy Father God, uh, same thing regarding my wife's salvation. Uh, I just dealt with the situation over the years and controlled her. And with your help, restrained her from doing permanent damage to her children and to the marriage. And uh, with prayer and with the devotions and with the reading of Ephesians 5 and 6. <clears throat> but as you know, Lord, I started praying for her salvation uh, even before Dan Danny was born and, uh, and after she was born because of her wicked behavior of not loving and caring for her child as she should have which you led me to come off the road to make sure that Danny was taken care of and not harmed. And so this prayer and this concern is, is not a new thing. Nobody knew about it until now uh, when you have given me the liberty to pray for it publicly to help other people to examine themselves and to see whether or not they be in the faith. Uh, in my family as well, I pray for not only Marika White, I pray for my mother and my two sisters uh, who are caught up in religion and are disobedient to your word. They've cast your holy word behind their backs. And I never doubted uh, my father's salvation after I got saved, and, and I have not doubted my brother's salvation, but... Uh, the evil that my mother and my sisters are doing, uh, being Jezebels in the church uh, and causing all kinds of havoc and problems. Uh, Lord, I pray for their salvation, their true salvation, for a truly saved person will obey your word. And I pray the same thing for Marika White's mother uh, and her aunt's and I believe the aunts are demon-possessed. 
And I do pray that you would cast the devil out of them, open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, and save their souls. And uh, help them not to cling to religion, but to cling to you. And Holy Father God, I am well aware that this is not popular with uh, the sweet evangelicals and the sweet charismatics because they have perpetrated the lie that everything is supposed to be wonderful and dandy and uh, great and prosperous in, in everybody's Christian family when in reality uh, all of these families and preachers' families are full of dead men's bones. Some of the greatest hypocrites in history are living in the church today with phony marriages, phony families, and you have slowly but surely pulled back the covers on their hypocrisy, for they are the Adams family at home and worse and the Brady Bunch at church to keep the money flowing. And it's nothing but a bunch of fake foolishness as we have seen with such people as Devon Franklin and Megan Good and thousands of other couples. The people, the couple, couple that created Pure Flix, divorced in the plague pandemic. The Lentz uh, fiasco and on and on we can go and so Holy Father God I think it is uh, a breath of fresh air for a preacher to tell the truth about the situation uh, in uh, the marriage and in the family as to what it really is and with the man not being the one who always has to be the fall guy. And that is not the reality. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray that you will help more and more pastors and pastors' wives to tell the truth and shame the devil. And most importantly, people who are religious but lost to come to know you as Savior. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, at the same time, Lord, we pray that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of Marika White's life, out of the lives of people on both sides of our family and give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we pray the same for other families that uh, name the name of Christ in this country and around the globe. And we pray, Lord, that you would rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, his demons and his hosts, from us throughout this day and uh, from this service give us sweet victory over the world the flesh and the devil 
the devil has already attacked the technology this morning in a strange way and he's going to attack further throughout this day we're not ignorant of the devil's devices he has always done this and because he hates you and he hates the ministry and hates everybody who's trying to serve you and so holy father god we pray for the salvation of the lost the religious and the irreligious, the true revi the revival of the truly saved, the healing of the sick, the comfort of the grieving and the mourning. Lord, around the world, in this country, and. Uh, in our communities, in our families, in our churches, and in our lives. And Holy Father God, for those who are truly born again and saved, lift all of our burdens, our cares, our worries, and our anxieties. Lord, from our hearts and our minds, our souls, and our spirits, fill us with your peace that passeth all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. Uh, holy Father God, I pray that you'll protect me from all of my enemies and those who uh, would like to see me dead because of the things that I have preached and I preach. And Lord, keep us safe. Continue to keep us safe as we noticed a breach uh, in our security on yesterday <clears throat> as someone uh, somehow opened our door almost like they had a key uh, and I don't know if they're plotting a future attack or what but uh, I pray that Lord you would thwart these uh, attacks and persecution Continue to surround me with your protection, a band of your holy angels, and a wall of your holy fire. And to do the same for my family and all other people who stand for you. And so, Holy Father God, if they would try to kill a Supreme Court Justice, uh, they will certainly try to kill a prophet who does not have the security that a Supreme Court Justice has. And, uh, but I thank you for your security. And I thank you for keeping me alive for many years uh, as I have been under surveillance and followed and attacked and everything else down through the years. Uh, and so Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would deliver us today from all of our distresses and afflictions and I pray this prayer not only for me and my family but for all of your saints who stand for you 
Protect us, Holy Father God, and deliver us from all of our tribulations and troubles, trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, enemies on the outside and enemies on the inside. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would deliver each and every one of us as well from all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, and protect Lord millions from a housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, and utilities crisis, as you have done in your mercy and grace in the midst of chastisement, rebuke, and judgment. And so, Holy Father God, we pray also that you would bless and protect our family from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels. In a wall of your holy fire, cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. And Lord, please receive all glory, praise, and honor to your name. Lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In, for it is in his name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus. I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Proverbs chapter 12, verses 21 through 28. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop. But a good word maketh it glad. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. But the way of the wicked seduceth them. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting. But the substance of a diligent man is precious. 
in the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, thank you so much for your holy and powerful word. Have it to find a lodging place in our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our spirits. Help us to bring it back up, to meditate on it, to love it, to cherish it, and to obey it, and to apply it to our lives. To teach it in a, disciple, in a discipleship way and to preach the whole counsel of God and to preach your holy gospel that others may come to know you as Savior. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 988, where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary, the BKC, or the Matthew Henry commentary, or some other reputable orthodox commentary or study Bible. This podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where the Holy Word of God says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book, in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So, beloved, the aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God to come and from the eternal burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who said the most loving, most wonderful, and most important words in the history of the world when he said, For God so loved the world. <clears throat> Pardon me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see in this passage the most important words ever said in history that 
this salvation that Jesus Christ is talking about from hell and to heaven was birthed out of the heart of God. For God so loved the world while we were yet sinners Jesus Christ the Son of God God in the flesh died for us for God so loved the world that he gave that is he gave up his only begotten Son <coughs> Jesus Christ he was born of the Virgin Mary by the power of Almighty God meaning no man had sex with Mary before Jesus Christ was born. The virgin-born Son of God, his birth was a miracle by God. And only God could think of something like this. And so Jesus Christ never sinned in word, thought, and deed like we sin like we do. He never sinned. His blood was untainted. Untainted. His blood was pure and holy. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. The Bible says that you and I have a problem. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <clears throat> because we have violated God's law, we have disobeyed His commandments. For we have lived lives of lying and dishonesty, stealing and robbing, lusting and coveting what other people have which leads to more robbery and ill-gotten gain. We have dishonored and disobeyed our parents. We have dishonored God by taking his name in vain. We've committed other sins such as adultery and fornication having sex with somebody outside of marriage, homosexuality, all of these sins are driving you to hell, to death and hell. For the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We do not die because of a disease, we die because of sin. Our sinful nature and our sinful choices. And we experience death in this life because of sin. Death to marriages, death to relationships, death to peace, death to joy. Sin kills everything. And this is why God hates sin. He doesn't hate us, He hates sin. And he hates what sin does to his creation. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life is also the divine reset. You don't want to miss it. But what God wants you to understand that this severe punishment of death, and by the way, we're all on death row, every last one of us, and uh, even the death row inmates, they have an idea when they're supposed to die. We don't. That's what makes it more terrifying. But we're all on death row. Everybody is going to die, no matter how pretty you are, no matter how handsome you are, no matter how much money you make, no matter how, what kind of house you live in. Or what kind of car you drive. None of that matters. None of that means anything. At all. Zero. A big fat zero. It doesn't mean anything in this life. It does not mean anything in the life to come. And God wants you to understand. That if he will allow you to die. From this beautiful. Greenish. Bluish. Whitish. Earth. And it is a beautiful place. He will allow you to go to hell to spend eternity suffering and being tormented in the flames that never are quenched. You need to understand that. You say, well, I don't believe that. Your unbelief does not change what Jesus Christ said clearly. Repeatedly. In fact, Jesus Christ preached on the torments of hell more than any prophet or apostle in the Bible. Hell is just as real as you're looking at me right now. And so hell is bad. Hell is sad and hell is bad news, but I have good news for you. Again, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend, and thou, you, shalt be saved. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God. Call on his name, for the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to be saved from hell today and saved to heaven, that can be taken care of today. You need to get your eternal, <clears throat> your eternal life insurance policy already paid in full by the blood that was shed on the cross by Jesus Christ. <clears throat> if you want to, nobody's making you. Believe in your heart in Jesus Christ and pray and ask him to save you and he will save you. 
Follow me in prayer. I will lead you phrase by phrase in the in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I have sinned against you. For as the preacher brought out, I have lied in my life. I have stolen things in my life, even from my parents. I have lusted and coveted in my life after people and things. And there have been times I have disrespected and dishonored my parents. There have been times, Lord, as you know, I have dishonored you. Holy Father God, I am sorry for my sins. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change and help me to repent of my sins and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you pray that prayer with me and you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, may I say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life. Now, if you want to uh, grow so that you will grow as a Christian disciple, go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book. Title, a little book title, it is free of charge. What to do after you enter through the door. Jesus Christ is the door. And it will give you next steps of what you need to do as a Christian. So that you can grow in the faith. Uh, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com so that we can rejoice with you on your decision to follow Christ and also send you some extra materials as well. And if you have a prayer request, please send that in as well and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now at this time we're going to resume our service, the Standing Between the Living and the Dead devotional service. 
if you will, already in progress. And for those of you who just prayed that prayer and you just believed in Christ, you just got saved, then this will be your first Bible study. Today we are reading Malachi chapter 3, verse 15. And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Dear friends, I just read in your hearing Malachi chapter 3 verse 15. Now, here is the sense of it, here is the understanding of it with the help of the Holy Ghost and with the help of the BKC from Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, <clears throat> the Bible Knowledge Commentary. Israel was still concerned that sinners were not punished. The arrogant were blessed, the proud were blessed, evildoers were prospering, and those who confronted God escaped judgment. Those who confronted God escaped judgment. Wow. However, as Malachi pointed out later, the arrogant, the proud, and the evildoers will be punished. And that is the case for the proud, the arrogant, and the evildoers of our day. And they are being punished. Please understand, no matter who you think you are, you will not get away with your sin. Never, 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 never. Nobody does. Nobody gets away with sin in God's world. This is, as the hymn writer said, my father's world. Make no mistake about it. And uh, he said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So you can go on with your bad self and your false theology, thinking that God won't deal with you. <clears throat> God will. And it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I said the living God. He's just as alive as you are right now. And he sees everything and knows everything. He's all-knowing. Omniscient. Omnipotent. He has all power in his hands. And so I don't care what dark and black night you think you're hiding your stuff in. He can see it like broad daylight. And you will be at the judgment one day. And God will be your judge. <clears throat> you better make sure you have the greatest lawyer in the history of the world. His name is Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33, a unique verse. Because in this verse, God deals with the husband and the wife in just a few words. 
Nevertheless, God says to the husband, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. That's just how it ought to be. And as I said before, even though we know this, I thank God that we have a commandment to it, for it, for men to be able to read over and over and over again. So we see here that God is talking about his agape, unconditional love here. And by the way, I know you want to have all kinds of other loves to sustain your marriage. How is that working for you? It's not working for you. God's agape, unconditional love is the only glue that can hold a marriage together. Till death do you part. In sickness and in health, in poverty and in wealth, Your husband needs God's agape love. I hope he has some other loves for you. But the main love he needs is God's unconditional love. He must be saved to have that. And I assure you, the marriages that have succeeded and stay together until the end, somebody in that marriage was truly born again and had God's agape love spread abroad in his or her heart. You see, it doesn't take two to keep the marriage together. God has proven that over and over again and has talked about it in his word. But if one person is saved, that's enough power to keep the marriage together because of God's agape love. God's unconditional love. You know you have God's unconditional love in your heart when the person stole, stole your cashews. You know they stole it. They lied about it. And you, 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 you forgive them uh, for doing it even before they tell the truth about it. That's God's love. They shouldn't do it again. But true born-again Christian, they, Christians, they know that they have God's agape love because they can forgive people without the people getting right. It's already done. They still should love them enough to uh, encourage them to get it right because you don't want people thinking that they're getting away with sin and evil. You just, it's, just, it's, a, uh, there's a thin line there. If you love the people, you're gonna, you, you automatically forgive them because of God's love, not because of you being a loving person. It's God's love. 
But if you truly love them, you will correct them and you will bring it out into the open so that they will get it right, so that they will never think that they're going to get away with evil and sin. And you uh, ask them to apologize. You've already forgiven them. But they need to apologize and they need to go through that process for their own good. If they're not saved, they need to be saved. If they are saved, they still need to go through that process. Because you're not helping them by letting them steal from you. And you don't say anything to keep the peace. You're not helping anybody, you're not helping them, you're not helping yourself, you're not helping your family. And even your children need to uh, see that and understand that. That people uh, can't get away with, uh, can't think they're getting away with evil, including them. So that's love too. Love is not overlooking sin. Never. God puts you in that marriage to deal in and family to deal with sin issues to have peace and order in your marriage and in your family and that's love too and it may not be pretty in the beginning it may not be pretty and wonderful and dandy while you're going through it but it will turn out to peaceable fruits of righteousness in the future for your good and for their good. So husbands, love your wives as you love yourself. And the wife, see that, in other words, make sure that she reverence her husband, respects her husband, honors her husband, now let me tell you ladies something, you women something. I don't care who the man is. If you don't do that, you, you, you're not going to be, you're not going to have a happy camper marriage. And even if you have a husband <clears throat> like my dad who held things in and was not happy, but he held, he, he held things in to keep the peace. That's what, he, that's what he told me and my brother. You don't want that either. Because he may not be a gentleman and a loving man like my dad who got saved. Born again. That's why he was so loving. But he didn't understand something that I understand. By the grace of God after, after, after I got saved. And that is love is not letting people have their way and love is not not saying something when something needs to be said that's not love and I, I, I have told you this before and I'm going to say this to you again it was after the Lord chastised me a long time ago even before I got married <clears throat> that caused me listen to me very carefully severely chastised me and made it clear to me that if you don't 
humble yourself and fear me and respect me and obey me and do things the way I want you to do them? He made it very clear to me. I'm glad you're saved, he said to me. I'm glad you finally yielded to my call for you to preach. But I want you to understand, son, you, you need to do it my way. And I don't need your help. And, uh, and if you don't do it my way, uh, I'm not going to bless your life or, or, or the ministry. Uh, God made that very clear to me. And I understood it. And there are other preachers who know exactly what I'm talking about. There are other people who know exactly what I'm talking about. If you want my blessings, son, you better obey what I tell you. And, and that's at the point when I understood the fear of God. God put the fear of God. God put the fear of God in me. <laughs> you understand me? To me, it was like a born-again, born-again experience. I'm here to tell you that I, I, I loved God more since then. After his chastisement and inside of his chastisement, which I don't ever want to go through again. And I've already warned you, you don't want to go through it either. For one reason, he's going to be very thorough. And if you don't get it, he'll take you on home. But he's going to be very thorough and he's going to take his sweet time. You might be concerned about time. God is not concerned about your time. If you get God started, it may be five years, six years, maybe ten. So, but I'm, t I'm here to tell you, I, I loved God more. I feared God more. I have been more obedient to God since that chastisement. What I'm saying to you is that it changed my life. What? His loving chastisement. Husband, same thing for you and your wife. Same thing for you and your children. God did not put you there to hold your peace so that you can have a fake pseudo peace. That's, that's not peace. That's garbage. You're walking around and on eggshells, won't say anything. And the more you do that, the more the devilish wife and the devilish children will uh, uh, take you to the mat. The more they, you can't appease. You see, you're trying to appease them. You can't, you can't appease devilish people and disobedient people, man. You got to you deal with it. And, and there, may, there might be some silent treatment. There might be some time of not speaking. The fellowship is broken. Why would you want, why would you want uh, uh, until they confess their sins and repent, the fellowship is broken. That's how God deals with you. The first form of chastisement is broken fellowship. God will let you know that the fellowship is broken and it's very, very painful in the soul. Very painful in the spirit. So, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husband. Reverence your husband. Now let's pray for other families saved and lost and for other people.
Holy Father God, we pray for all uh, married couples and families that don't know your Savior. Open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears and save their souls and heal their marriages and families. We pray for those families that know you as Savior. Help them to uh, repent of their sins, revive them again, and help them to read Ephesians 5 and 6 all over again. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of millions around the world. We pray for the revival of the saved, the healing of the sick, the comfort of the grieving in the morning due to the, due, due to the coronavirus a plague and all of its fallout. <clears throat> Comfort them as only you can. Draw them to yourself for their soul's salvation. We pray for all people who name the name of Christ, who say that they're saved. Have mercy and grace upon all of us. And please forgive us of our wicked sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission and the whole counsel of God. And Holy Father God, I pray for all people who name the name of Christ. Help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would protect all of your persecuted Christians in this country and around uh, the globe, especially in Nigeria right now. And Lord, we pray that you comfort the parents in Uvalde, in Highland Park, the people in Highland Park, Chicago, as well as uh, the people in Buffalo in many other places. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Lord, for all government ministers in this country, from the president to the police officers. And uh, we pray for all government officials around the globe in the same way. And we pray that they would operate in such a way that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives in this sin-cursed world. And Holy Father God, we pray now for, yes, the millions who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and the fallout. But Lord, we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Albania resident Monsadia Pakarami. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Zachary Jason Evans. We pray for the family and friends of Hawaii resident Caltros Lucas. We pray for the family and friends of Brazil resident a strong Fazan John and we pray for the family and friends of Texas resident William L. Reed, Jr. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. 
And Holy Father God, I thank you for your holy word that says, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. We pray now, Lord, for those who have sent in prayer requests <clears throat> down through the years. And thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our combined prayers together. And we pray for uh, all of those people and uh, the new people today. We pray, Lord, for the salvation, spiritual, family, life, financial, material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon all of these people. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you will help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for Pastor Bershebi. Please supply for the children's school fees as they off return to school. We pray for Vicki. Bestow wisdom, strength, understanding, and obedience upon all government and ministry leaders. Bless and protect Pastor Evans, his family, church, and medical team. Heal Ambar completely and give her relief. Please uh, open ears and hearts to the truth of the gospel in this time and for this time of desperation to lead people to Jesus Christ. Open hearts to give to Joshua's ministry and Lord protect Joshua, his family, all the people who critical support services is reaching and all first responders protect all people from coronavirus who have not been affected and give quick and strong recovery to those who have been diagnosed. We pray, Lord, for Linda. Please bless Jen with a good job and heal her and Crystal's relationship uh, with their parents and help them to have healthy relationships with their uh, family members and possible marriage mates in the future and friends. And Holy Father God, we pray for all of the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry down through the years. Help them all to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. And we pray for all of the thousands who have gotten saved down through the years as well. And we include them in this prayer. We pray for a few by name. We pray for Kiels. We pray for Debbie. We pray for Peter. We pray for Dan. We pray for Adele. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. Uh, we pray for Alvaro. We pray for Amara. We pray for Micheli. We pray for Coast. And we pray for Angel. And Lord, we commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives. And, uh, uh, and not our will be done. We pray for ourselves in the same way. And Lord, we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Thank you for this great devotional time together. And we pray that millions would have personal devotions and family devotions thousands of, of your called pastors will lead their churches every day in a devotional service from this point forward online and otherwise in Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake amen
Ladies and gentlemen, Lord willing, I'll see you tonight with the second coming sermon uh, by the grace of God. If the Lord says the same and the creek don't rise. And uh, whether I see you again tonight or not, make sure you pray without ceasing. No matter what you're doing, no matter where you're going, pray without ceasing. I assure you, your life will be very frustrated. Your life will be blocked. Uh, your life will be hindered if you don't pray without ceasing and be obedient to the Lord and meditate on His Word. So. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Go ahead and take that out. Holy Father God in heaven, we praise you and we thank you so much for what you have done. I praise you and thank you so much for what you have done on this Saturday in this devotional service. I give you the glory and the praise and the honor. And I do pray that you will help us to walk in your word throughout this day, no matter how exciting things may appear. Help us to stay with you. Help us to pray without ceasing. Help us to meditate on your word. Help us to obey your word, no matter how scintillating things might appear to us. Uh, for sin can appear scintillating, but once we bite into it, we are poisoned. And all of our joy is gone. All of our peace is gone. So, Lord, help us to keep our eyes on the prize. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Keep us, Lord, therefore, in perfect peace. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. As we listen to Our Fly Away. <laughs>